The following is a hoop ball presentation. Good evening, everybody. You are listening to Hootball Heat. I'm your host, Luke Weber, and I'm joined by my co-host Ben Tovia. Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. It's it's been an interesting day, but you know, excited to talk Heat basketball as always. Now, as we know, at uh, Hootball Heat, we like to start every episode off with a quote from. Uh, one of the greats of Miami Heat history. And today, you can want and hope, or you can make it happen. Quote by the great Alonzo Mourning. And it's a good theme for today, because during the last episode, we discussed the guard rotation on this team. What it did well, and more importantly, what it lacked. But instead of just wanting and hoping for them to all improve, today we're going to talk about making it happen. We're going to talk about potential targets to fill the voids and provide the skill sets that this team desperately needs. So I think our New segment today will be very, very brief. I think the only thing I have to present is um, we are recording this on Thursday night. Um, Team USA versus Australia has just been postponed. And Bradley Beal will unfortunately not be joining Team USA for the Olympics. And the only silver lining to this is there is a tiny, tiny chance that Heat legend, I mean, Heat star, I mean, Heat sharpshooter Duncan Robinson may be filling the shooting void on Team USA, and he may get a little bit of extra, um, both, both some experience and perhaps some value pumping. I, um, so, so okay, really quickly, um, get well soon to Brad. That Get well soon, Bradley. That absolutely sucks. Um, also, Jeremy Grant, who did not test positive, but he is in the COVID protocols. It's worth noting. Um, yeah, the fact that the game got shut down is worrying. Oh, uh, like really worrying. Uh, hopefully, everyone in that Vegas compound is is safe and and you know doing well. Um, I think. Duncan, the decision here to be made will be interesting. We've heard word already that, you know, Team USA really wanted Duncan in the first place on the roster. But uh, he's got a decision to make here because, you know, he's talked a lot about how he wants to get better this offseason and really take the time to think hard about his free agency. So um, we'll see what happens. And also we've seen that um... – a lot of NBA players have been worried about going to the Olympics in history because of the risk of injury. And Duncan is literally on the free agent market, hoping to make the first big paycheck of his career. 
and hoping to make quite a bit of dough. And if anything were to happen, whether it's COVID, whether it's a slight uh, injury, I'm not sure that I'd want to put that in any risk if I'm Duncan Robinson right now. Absolutely. Completely agree with you. You know, we, we saw it happen with Paul George, but notably, that's the one I think that sticks out to everyone. Wait, I, I uh, still, that, that injury, oh my goodness, that video clip for those of you who have seen it is one of the most gruesome in-game injury clips I have ever watched before. Um, but thankfully, Paul George is better. Duncan Robinson is okay and hopefully will stay okay. Bradley Beal will hopefully get better very soon. And Jeremy Grant seems to be all right. And so, with everybody doing okay or on the path to doing okay, it's time to have some fun. And you know what I do for fun, Ben? What do you do for fun, Luke? I think about all the potential trade targets that the Heat might get. We I are mean, Heat. Listen, we're Heat fans. We're transaction. Uh, well, I don't know what I don't know if I'm allowed to use that word on here, but we love the transaction trans- junkies. Junkies is a good one. I mean, uh, I I feel like a kid in a candy store. Who knows? You might get this all star, this semi all star, this young player, this young player, and then we end up with Paul Harkless. Well, we we know how that goes. But um, no, who, needs, who needs Giannis and Tadakumpo? The Heat have Chris Silva, or had Chris Not Silva. Anymore. Yeah, good, good luck to Silva in Sacramento, wherever he goes. But anyways, for our three-on-three three today, Ben and I have each prepared some great, backcourt players to add to this team and then some great backcourt players that could uh, come off the bench for us. Um, We're going to start by talking about the three guys who are more of the high value sorts of peoples um, who we would really love to be third, maybe even second options on this Heat team. And then we're going to talk about some of those guys you want to have coming off the bench because this year's bench mob left a lot to be desired. So, Ben, why don't you start it off with the most obvious pick? Yeah, so we're going to start off with the guy I think that's been linked to Miami the most over the past, I'd say, four or five months since, since around trade deadline time. Uh, Kyle Lowry of the Toronto Raptors, Raptors legend, um, you know, champion, multi-time all-star, multi-time all-NBA, all-defense, all-around fantastic point guard. Um, he's going into his age, what, 35 or 36 season? 30. Um, is, is he 35? Yeah, he's 35. He's uh, 35 right now. Um, so at some point, he will turn 36. He will turn. Th- he will be turning 36 in... We're about to find out. In March. That is a point. Yes. So, um, Lowry obviously has been linked to the Heat a lot. We know they like him a lot. They tried to get him back four years ago, I believe, back in like 2017. 
um, during that offseason when he signed that big extension with Toronto. Um, they're, they're big fans of his work, and it's, it's easy to see why. One of the best pick-and-roll ball handlers in the league gives Bam someone he can legitimately like work with in pick-and-roll. You know, he can get some lobs, he can get some easy layups, get his numbers up. Um, above average shooter, you know, good above the break, can, can hit his threes, uh, likes pull-up mid-range shots, you know, can get to the basket too, can draw fouls, and obviously a fantastic defender. You know, he draws charges, he really gets in guys, he's super aggressive on that end, really prides himself on his defense. Um, you know, he'd Look, be a fantastic let, fit here. Let's state the obvious here. There's the Jimmy Butler connection. Yes. Honestly, Kyle Lowry clearly cares about winning a lot. It's what makes Philadelphia such a great option for him um, if he chooses it, which I'm crossing my fingers hoping he doesn't. But Wait, why, do, why does it make it a great option if he likes winning? What does Philly want? I mean, if they don't have Ben Simmons, they're going to be fair. That's fair. Good. That's fair. I mean, Kyle Lowry, I don't know if they could finagle some sort of uh, CJ McCollum-ish score onto that team. And then you've got MVP-level Joel Embiid. I mean, I like that a lot, um, except for the Philadelphia 76ers part. This um, isn't a Sixers podcast, so you mentioned... No, it is not. You mentioned so, the, uh, the uh, Jimmy connection, yeah. The Jimmy um, connection. I mean, he's... Uh, He's his daughter's um, godfather. To, to clarify, uh, Kyle's daughter, Jimmy, or yeah, Kyle's daughter, Jimmy, is her godfather. Wait, so then who's Jimmy's daughter? Or is it the other way around? Man, both of them have daughters. Both of them, both are them have daughters. Do you know fathers. the name of Jimmy's daughter? Look, Jimmy keeps things really under wraps. So. It, well, he, he revealed it because it happened like at his first like month or so while in Miami. That's why he missed his first three games of his Heat career, if people remember. His daughter's it, name... It's also known as the uh, time when uh, Kendrick Nunn made everyone think he was the greatest scorer in I remember history. It. I remember it as the, the highlight of the point justice era, personally. But... Um, <laughs> No, so Jimmy named his daughter Riley. Ah, uh, yeah. Much like other Heat legend, Dion Waiters. Yep. So there you go. But yeah, those two are really close. You know, you always see it during All-Star games. They're, they're together constantly, you know. Um, and, I mean, last episode we talked a lot about what our backcourt was missing. We talked a lot about how Goran Dragic was this team's main guy, their main starting point guard for many years. And when we, I mean, other than Tim Hardaway, he's really been our only great point guard option for, I mean, the past 20 years. Don't sleep on, listen. Don't sleep on Mario Chalmers like that. Uh, okay, but but Mario Chalmers was never our, our first scoring option. So when when we That's look fair. at it, when we look at a heat point guard, and, and not just like a, um, the sort of defensive playmaking type that we'll talk about later. When we talk about a scoring point guard, we're going to talk about this in the context of we need a new Goran Dragic because That's, obviously. Uh, 
can I stop you there? Yeah. I feel like while that is important, and I think that could really be a more of a factor with the next guy on our list, but if it were Kyle Lowry specifically, I feel like he'd be, fall more into a facilitator role because he is an elite facilitator, you know? Yeah. Like I've, been, I've been saying this for a while. Um, if, you, if you keep up with me, you know I've been saying this. Kyle Lowry takes Bam from 19 points a game this past season to 25 points a game next season. Like, I'm pretty confident. If Bam just does what he did this past season and Kyle can throw him, like, three lobs, like, that's all it is. Yeah. I mean, in terms of elite playmakers, we've always – we've had Jimmy, we've had Bam before that. I mean, Dwayne, LeBron, but yeah. we've never really had a true point guard on this team. I mean, Jason so, Williams was kind Jason, of that guy. Yes, but that was also, like, when I was four years old. So, Same. But when, when we talk about uh, a true playmaker and what that could add to this franchise, Eric Spolster has never coached under an uh, – he's never coached an elite playmaking point guard. Um, and I'm not saying that it wouldn't work. I'm just saying uh, I just – we've seen a system revolve around – people just taking turns being the point guard. Imagine what kind of damage it could do to have a guy like Kyle Lowry. And the first instinct when you talk about Bam's points just rising up like that is where are the points coming from? Who's uh, it taking away from? But at the same time, I don't think it's taking away from anybody. I'm just, I mean, the, the heat scoring to- total is going to, go up. Yeah. Instead of having guys like Andre Guadal and chucking corner threes, they're going to have great, well-made plays. Yeah. Assisted high, by IQ, high IQ guy, Kyle. High Lowry, IQ. Very smart basketball player. Now, yeah, and, and you also can't forget about his defense. When we talk about the traditional point guard rule in Miami, in the same sort of defensive role Mario Chalmers did, picking up opposing uh, guards, having a guy who can actually do that. Sort of what we were looking for in Avery Bradley and Victor Oladipo, uh, but now we can actually have this guy who is, who is not only an incredible playmaker, but can do everything. Yeah, you look at that three-headed monster, in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, 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 um, Brooklyn. and you know, you look at a a team like you know Milwaukee with a Drew Holiday type of guy who killed Miami in the first round this this year, um, and you look at a guy like Kyle Lowry, and you're like, all right, you can stick him on Drew Holiday, and I feel very comfortable there. You can stick him on a Kyrie or a Hart, maybe not a Harden because of the size differential, um, but definitely on a Kyrie just because of how like strong his base is. And while I'm not, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be able to shut him down. I'm saying it's better than putting Tyler Hero on him. Absolutely, and, and I don't think size is a problem with Harden. I mean, Kyle Lowry's gone, gone up against seven footers in the paint. Sure. This guy is sure. that strong. But but you know. I'm saying from like a pure like, you know, like if that's your matchup, you know, I'd Fair rather I, I I'd feel 
more comfortable putting him on Kyrie than on pretty much than pretty much anyone else on this team outside of Bam. Like even Jimmy's not like fast enough to stay with that guy. I don't think. No, um, unless um, <laughs> unless Tyler Hero grows two extra arms. <laughs> hey man, listen. Instead of boxing, he, they should be tying one hand to one side of the gym, the other to the other, and just pull. And hope it works. <laughs> well, I think the last thing to note for more casual Heat fans is that when we bring up a guy like Kyle Lowry, it's not for the idea that the Heat need a big three or anything. It's no. very much about filling specific needs, and Kyle Lowry just happens to fill all of them. Absolutely, yeah. He, he fills a lot of the problems his team has outside of – you know, maybe like the rebounding and, and guy to put next to Bam. Um, but I think that's a lot of talk about Kyle Lowry. Um, Luke, how about you go with our next guy? Someone who I think could be more of a scoring threat. Okay, I've talked about him a lot um, because just of the way he scores, of his grittiness, um, there's been a bit of a report about other teams pursuing him, but I still think that he had the most competitive offer. But Colin Sexton on the Heat is definitely the least it, – it's the least problem-solving answer because he solves the scoring threat because we've seen him average 24 points per game in Cleveland. And he definitely adds, well, he may not be a stellar defender, he's still just a good, aggressive guy to have on the court, which is always something you want. He gives you a line drive, a guy who will attack the paint, create room for others on the perimeter. I mean, he... I'm a big fan of Colin Sexton. Uh, further homework has made me a bit more skeptical. I think if you were to pay, the ideal world is pairing Colin Sexton with Kyle Lowry. Sexton alone, I'm not too sure about. What do you think? Well, I think um, Colin is definitely the most interesting out of, like, the main guys Miami's been linked to this summer with, you know, Kyle and um, a certain someone in New Orleans who we'll get to on one of these episodes eventually uh, being the other two. We will? <laughs> I, I hope so. If, if this flames <laughs> out before then, then oh well. But, no, um, I think he's really interesting as an option for Miami just because he's young. He's super young. You know, he's only 22 years old. And he's got a lot of potential. Like, he is where he is right now, 24 points a game on, um, you know, 47, 37, 81 shooting splits in his third season, um, which is very good. But I think defensively, he's kind of, you know, I think we can agree defensively, he's, he's, uh, he's not very good right now. He's just not very good. No, he's not. However, he has got the physicals to be a fantastic defender. 
That's true. Like he's You've only seen a six lot two. of players develop it. He's only six two, six one really, but he's got a six eight wingspan, which for a guard is unbelievable. Um, it's almost as long as my wingspan. Yeah. No, it, it's it's like it's like two Tyler heroes, you know. Wow. <laughs> like, that's crazy. No, but um. You give Spo a guy like that who's young, who we know is hungry, he's a gym rat, he wants to win, he's got the motivation, you give him a coach that is a defensive genius, Spo would make it work. I have oh, yeah. full confidence in that. Now, just in terms of a trade, the plus side, of course, and the argument for it is – if you end up trading Tyler for Sexton, and maybe not straight up, maybe you throw in Precious, maybe you throw in Casey. When we're talking about players that played in our rotation last year, productive rotation players, we're trading Tyler for Sexton. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Tyler, but we're talking about two young players. It's very different from trading a Tyler for a Kyle Lowry. Absolutely. Because we, the Heat would only get a couple years of Kyle Lowry anyways. A trade for Sexton would be a swapping of building blocks. And to be honest, I would prefer uh, I'll take Sexton's current ceiling over Tyler's. The only, the only, um, the only, the, the biggest downside to take to trading Tyler Hero for Colin Sexton would be um, you're giving up two years of Tyler versus one year of Sexton on a rookie deal before you have to make the decision of whether or not you want to pay the guy. Which actually brings me to my other concern, which is why does Cleveland want to trade him? They, they, um, so we actually um, we do some green room sessions sometimes, Spotify green room. Um, Check us out. Yeah, uh, I've been doing one pretty much every game of these finals, but which have been way more fun than people are giving them credit for, by the way. But uh, Luke, and, Luke and I were on there with a Cavs fan last night. Um, and Luke, before you joined, I asked him, I was like, what, or did you ask him? Someone asked him, why don't you guys want to pay Sexton? And the idea was um, essentially from what, I, from what he said, Cleveland really likes Garland. They really like Isaac Okoro. They really like Jared Allen. And those are the guys they want to build around. I know that, but if you're saving your money and you're, you're, you're deciding not to spend your money on a guy who is clearly a great scoring threat, as if you need that money for something, as if Sexton doesn't fit your team's well, this, current this plan. Summer, what is their current plan? Well, the, this this summer, the, decision, the decision this summer is do we pay him or do we pay Jared Allen from what I'm from what I'm understanding. And they would rather pay Jared Allen because they still have Garland. Do they just not have any money? Kevin Love. I am pretty sure if, if you let me do my quick 2K calculations. Sure. You're allowed to have a, uh, um, a rookie extension max on both Allen and Sexton because neither of them have made an all-star team or an all-NBA team. 
it should be low enough that you could easily retain all three of those guys. And I, I think I, the idea is like because then the next year they would have to pay Garland. But let's put it this year. And I mean, let's put it this way. Colin Sexton is easily their best scorer, mm-hmm. possibly their best player. Not Probably. possibly. He is. At this, at this stage, he is. That's something that, I, I – can I, can I bring something up really quickly? One more back. Yeah, yeah. Um, facilitating has been a big knock on him. Like, other than the defense, that's his thing. It's, he can't be a point guard because of his facilitating. Um, there's a great Twitter thread out there. I forgot who did it, though going through some of those facilitating worries and like talking about how a lot of that was just Cleveland being the worst three point shooting team in the league this year. Um, because he was creating open looks for guys who just weren't knocking them down. Yeah. Like imagine if you're Jimmy Butler surrounded by Andre Guadalos, you're supposed to pass them to take the wide open three for them to miss. Yeah, instead it was Jimmy Butler surrounded by Andre Iguodala's and Duncan Robinson was also there. <laughs> but hey, if uh, Colin Sex is on the team, that creates another scoring threat. Um, it does. Which brings us to the last little issue on him, which is the three-point shooting. Is it an issue, though? I mean, it's been, it's been like a ding on him, but I'm not exactly sure why, because he seems to be average at the very least. I think the concern is that if you're giving up Hero, who has the potential to be an elite shooter for a guy who might just be average, I'm, I'm honest. The, Sexton, Sexton is so quick that he, is like, he can get to the rim whenever he wants, so I'm not worried about that. Like he, you know, this past season he averaged six six and a half free throw attempts a game. Like, yeah, I I think he'd be fine. And listen, his like his three point shooting every year he's been in the league he's gone up in attempts and and um down in percentage. But so his first season three point six attempts forty point two percent. His second season three point nine attempts thirty eight percent exactly. And then last year, um, on four and a half attempts, 37.1%. So around league average, you know, on pretty decent volume, you know? Yeah. And um, if, by the way, if you're still a bit confused about why the Cavs don't want to pay Sexton, um, try meeting somebody from Cleveland. That'll help explain. Yeah. <laughs> Cleveland fans aren't that bad, um, surprisingly. No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, you mind if I take the next guy, Luke, or go for it and then we'll get to the, uh, rotation people. Yeah. So I'd say from this point on, these are guys that he aren't tied to very much. Um, okay. Well, this guy, this guy is pretty well, well, they're, they're not really tied to any of these guys except for, for one that we'll get into, but this guy, it's a recent report that it's come out that the Spurs are looking to tr- get off of a couple of their young guards. Um, and including we, their best player. Including their best well, well, let's not get into that. But, um, yeah, so we think that DeJounte Murray would be really cool here. Um, I think he is a fantastic two-way guy. His, his, um, this past season was really opening my eyes on that young Spurs core. 
um, be it him, Derek White, who's the other guy they're allegedly looking into moving, um, Keldon Johnson, um, you know, Murray, uh, what was it, his first year in the league, made an all-defensive team? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's phenomenal. Um, he's, he's only 24 years old. This, he just came off of a season where he averaged 15.7 points, six rebounds – or seven rebounds, excuse me, and five and a half assists um, on 45-32-79 shooting splits. Um, only missed five games. And in terms of his prospects, he's sort of um... – uh, uh, sort of a compromise between the Kyle Lowry approach and the Colin Sexton approach. I believe he's about 26 years old, so maybe not, 24. Yeah. Uh, maybe a long-term building block, maybe a great piece, maybe not a cornerstone as in a franchise guy, but definitely a great player that you'd want to have long-term. And he's got Incredible defense, as Ben just mentioned. Yeah, six four one eighty with a six nine and a half wingspan. That's wow. insane. He's clearly able to score. Um, he's clearly a fine playmaker. Yeah. He'd be a great addition. I don't know how accessible he would be. I'm not sure uh, where he stands on the list of um how bad the teams are trying to keep him, but of those three, he's definitely the most coveted by his own team. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, just kind of a shorter one. I, we just think it would be kind of cool. Um, I don't know how much of a how, – how, you know, realistic the world where Miami is able to get him is, but he's a really good player. What would you see a Miami package for him looking like? Um – Obviously, Tyler. Salary, I think is the. I think it's about seventeen. Yeah. Okay. And four, you know fourteen. He made fourteen million. Uh, yeah, he made about fourteen million this past year. Um, oh my bad. So, yeah, next or, or uh, next year he's going to be making fifteen million. He's got three years left on his deal, including this this upcoming season in which he's making 15, 16, 17, and then he's an unrestricted free agent in, 20, in the summer of 2024, where he'll be 28 and in his prime. Um, well, you know, Popovich likes scoring. Um, well, okay. So a package for him, um, it would probably have to be something like Tyler and Andre for money's sake. Or, like, you know, young guys and someone like Andre. Um, okay, Tyler's going into that. Come on. Tyler's in, and, Tyler's in there. I'm trying to think. I mean, like, these first enough? three players, they're all valuable enough. That no, no, no. I'm saying, but is Tyler enough is what I'm saying. When I'm saying no, young guys. No, of course not. Yeah, when I'm saying young guys, it would, it would be Tyler plus, you know, other players. Precious. Prob- I guess. Um, I don't know. Do do they bring back Hillary Olenek in a second round pick to send over? I mean, I I think they. I don't know if they'd hate like the idea of KZ over there, but it would it would look something like that. Um, you'd have to to make the money work. You'd have to probably send out Andre Iguodala. Um, is that just off the top of my head that he can't really do anything else unless they want to 
sign and trade, but even then sign and trade, it wouldn't work out fully because of the way sign and trades work where you can only, you're only a fraction of the money actually gets sent over. It's a, it's a whole complicated process. Yeah. Well, I'm also pretty sure um, Pat Riley would not want to send over a uh, nobody guy life, Casey Akpala over to, Greg Popovich for the same reason why the Heat and Raptors don't really do trades. Because if you send one guy over there, he might just become an all-star. So if if KZ ends up going to the Spurs, or I don't know, if, if Max Struess ends up going to the Spurs, he's going to become the next Steph Curry. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see about that. But, um... Yeah, so let's get into some of these bench options. Luke, you, you take the first guy. Ooh, I get the first guy. So I'm actually going a little bit out of order here because I've been watching him in the Olympic exhibition games. And these games are just a little bit of proof that all these NBA players we think of as those role players who aren't good enough to be the stars, who you don't see as scorers and more of just helper guys. They're all pretty good at basketball. <laughs> and uh, we've clearly seen how great Patty Mills can be as a defender and as a playmaker, taking a bit of an older Spurs guard here, but he's not a bad scorer. And if you're talking about a Heat team with him coming off the bench, then that would be pretty nice. And I think he would start on this current Heat team. Yeah, I, uh, I would have – actually, you're probably right on that. Um, I think, you know, I've liked Patty for a while. We, I think we're both fans of a lot of the Australian players in the league. Um, just because right. they're, they're fun. Like all, all the guys there are fun. Um, but I, I, I think Patty would re- go really well. He's a, he's a great shooter. You know, he does a lot on that end of the floor shot 37.5% this past season, which was really a down year for him. He's a career 30, almost 39% three point shooter. Um, and you're We're right now welcoming that we love. In. We're now welcoming in our special guest. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Uh we're we're about halfway through, but it oh there's always time for a special guest. Um yeah, Tony surprise. Schwartz from Five Reasons Sports. You like how I just shoved my way into this podcast? This is mine now. <laughs> we're like That's trying to discuss uh uh rotation ideas, trade targets for the heat, but Forget about that. We got Tony Schwartz here. No, let's continue to discuss trade targets and rotations for the Heat. We're talking Patty Mills. Of course, we love the Australian prospects. Mm -hmm. Uh, If if Joe Ingles was remotely available, this entire episode would be about him. Um, (laughs) But Patty Mills. Um, I mean, Patty is a, a super dependable guard extremely quick and and crafty his game hasn't aged uh as much as his age has actually aged i mean uh, he's he's still a good really solid player <laughs> he's only 32 that's it's kind of crazy it, it, but he doesn't seem faster right like it, this no. year he 
he seems quicker than he has been in the past. And maybe that's just because he's playing with some more freedom than he ever has before and his role's a little more defined, but it's funny. Did you see that step back on Team USA? I, that was it was nice. My goodness. Yeah, he's all he's been like a model of consistency over his career. Like he two uh I guess two years ago now, but in reality, like 10 months ago, back in 1920, um, 2019-2020, that is, he averaged 11.5 points a game, which was a career high for him. Uh, he was down to 10.8 this past year, but he's always hovered around 10, um, always around 38, 39% from three. He's just solid. And it's funny, he's been solid for so long that even he's a little tired of being solid. He, he thinks that he thinks that he can be that that tier of role player that is the star in their role that, uh, you know, can get you that 16 points a game, 18 points a game. He, he wants the money to kind of back that up, which is probably why we'll never touch Patty. Yeah. But you don't see many players often at 32 being like, yeah, no, I, I think I'm, I'm close to being an all-star and I want to be paid accordingly. I mean, yeah. And and you know what, Tony? We are currently living in fantasy land, and fantasy land, Miami Heat can acquire any player from anywhere, and anything is possible, and dreams come true, and Giannis is our starting power. I mean, Kawhi. Kawhi is... Wait till, oh the, we'll, wait till the Wings episode. Oh, my God. Um, now that's Spolstra's genius move for LeBron. It was putting him at the four for, for Kawhi. It's putting him at the two. I think that there, there is a, a, there is a reality. There's a reality where we strike out on all three trade targets. Um, Mike Conley is gone. We didn't even and... touch Mike Conley in this episode. Yeah. I, I, I kind of figured, that. yeah, we kind of figured I mean, he's, he's not we leaving. crossed off Mike Conley and Malcolm Brogdon, just assuming they're not going anywhere. Oh, I think Conley's a little more gettable than Brogdon, but um, okay, I can see where you're at. Assuming all those guys are not there and the Heat do absolutely nothing except for maybe re-sign Duncan. I, I mean, it's Patty's an option. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's an option. Can, can I be honest here? I'm going to give everyone a little peek behind the curtain. We were really struggling to find a sixth guy because we like to do six guys and we had Whoa. five that we like. And then six was, was a struggle. So we just why, were like, Hey, Patty Mills why, is cool. Why, why not we'll six just be Victor Oladipo? Cause we covered then, him last episode. Cause he was already on yeah. the roster. Okay, but, true. I mean, we we suggested TJ McConnell, but I also just felt like I I didn't want Ben to get too excited. Well, he, <laughs> he's actually the guy. I I think that it's actually I think Greg Sylvander has has brought up before how the Heat really like TJ McConnell, and I would assume, uh, based off no reporting, but I would assume that if TJ is there and the Heat don't have any guards that they've acquired, he will be one that they will get. That, that it would be him over a Gabe Vincent or him over a Max Struess. All right, we got a scoop. No, yeah. no scoop. I just said off of no reporting. Of, <laughs> I my, think that's just a scoop. My personal Run with opinion. it. 
We're running I, with it. No. We're running with also, it. Also, I want to I point out, so Luke, Luke, that that joke you made about me getting too excited over TJ McConnell was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That was really good. All right. So whose turn is it? Is it my turn? I think it's your turn because I took yeah, the first took, rotation. Yeah. Back. So there's two guys left. I think I'll take. I'll take the one that I feel is kind of a little more realistic, I think. Yes. Um, yeah, you get, you get the fun one. You get the fun one. Malik Monk, I think, might be an option in some in some way, shape, or form just because of his relationship with Bam. Um, obviously, we're college teammates along with De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento, who is not they need an option. all the Kentucky players. All the Kentucky players. We know he likes to play – against Miami, why wouldn't he like playing for Miami? Hey, he seems to play pretty well in the American Airlines arena. The potential is there with him, right? Like, he hasn't super lived up to it um, unless he's playing against the Heat. But, like, it's there. You can see it. Absolutely. He's a good scoring threat. Um, not exactly sure I want to have him starting. Seems just like a oh, worse yeah. version of Tyler. Six man, but uh, six man is scoring punch, especially if Tyler's gone to throw that role. Yeah, I would, I would throw a little bit of money at him. I'd, I'd throw some mid level money at him. Um, throw a little bit of monk and monkey. Yeah. Well, no, that doesn't no, work. No, that doesn't work. Um, Tony, I don't like the look you're giving me. Um, what do you think about Malik Monk? Yeah, Tony. Well, I think I think a couple things about Malik Monk. I think it's weird that we put such a uh, a ceiling on what we think he is at 23 years old. I always find that weird. And everybody does this. Every everyone who talks about Malik Monk talks about him as if he is already this six man kind of. We, we I honestly don't know what he is yet. He's still kind of young. He hasn't been out of college for too long. They hell they used to play Malik at combo guard. Um. So this is only his third year playing the wing position. He shot fifty eight percent from the corner. I mean, he's an absolute killer from that position, like shooting the ball. I mean, we know his potential against the Heat. He becomes like diet Michael Jordan. He can go to the rim. He can shoot the ball. But I think even on his worst day, Malik Monk is a corner shooter. Um, He's he's a a good three-ball shooter. He's just a good (laughs) mid-range operator as well. Yeah. Why not? I mean, we, we we need a wing. We need another. You can never have too many wings in the league right now. Like that's just a position you cannot have too much of. And I think, I think the relationship with Bam, because you know they they we've heard and we like read about how like you know they trash talk all the time. They have a group chat for it. Like they, you know, I think that could really help Miami if if he has to make a decision. Um, I I would like him here. I think he I think it would be fun. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'll bring up uh, my next player idea. And after this, uh, Tony, feel free to bring up an idea of your own if you've got any uh, left in the tank. 
So, um, so I, I'll, I'll recap it for you. Um, we went over like three guys we thought would, could be like higher value targets being Kyle Lowry, obviously, and Colin <laughs> Sexton. Um, and then the third one was DeJounte Murray because of that report that came out recently. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't bring up Derek White just because I figured, I don't know, I feel like DeJounte Murray would be a better fit here. We've already spoken about two Spurs guards. We have, yeah. We don't need a third. All right. Well, I mean, we could use a third. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, give me the entire Spurs backcourt rotation and swap it for ours. I'll take it. <laughs> That'd be f- that would be fun, but oh yeah, that's that's a story. For, that's a that's that's content for another day, I think. But um, yeah, um, so the, my uh, last idea, which oh my god, would bring tears of joy to me. Uh, Tony, he would give us defense. He would give us happiness. He would throw he would. a pass out of bounds in the fourth quarter. Yes! It's Josh Richardson. Currently a disgruntled... I don't know if it's him who's disgruntled or his team who's disgruntled, but something's not happening. That whole there. organization is disgruntled. My goodness, the inferior American Airlines stadium. Not any, well, um, it's the only one now. Oh, my goodness. Was it the FTXWBY0? My goodness. Um, give me some Josh Richardson, like right now, like yesterday. Clearly not good enough to be the number one scoring option or number two scoring option, or number five scoring option. We saw that in 2018 and 2019. But that's a guy come off the bench, maybe even start for us as a defender who can shoot, who can score, and who can play make. I mean, that's my guy. Um, I think Josh uh, needs to go back to a role in a system that he... More importantly, he needs to go back to Miami. Well, if, he, if he comes here, he's automatic. He, he doesn't... He's put into this blender of guards that are not separating themselves from each other. And I, I don't know how he etches himself into some kind of defined, clear role. I, I think if he's on this team, he's still coming off the bench for Goron. Assuming Goron's still here. He's coming off the bench for Victor, for sure. He's probably coming off the bench for Tyler. But how many of these guys are going to be here next year? So yeah, we don't know. There's a chance Victor wouldn't give him play next season. He would be by far be, best permanent defender. Be really, really honest. I think if Josh is here, him and Gabe Vincent are probably playing for minutes. Oh, I, yeah. I don't think it, I don't think yeah. the season would start that way. I'm just, I'm just being really honest. I don't. I feel like we're that's a little unfair to Josh. Like he had a down year, but he still averaged like you know twelve points a game on not great efficiency, but he shot a career high from the line. He was almost ninety two percent. So you know we know yeah, he's it's a good shooter. It, he right, but we don't have a guard that can facilitate. We also saw Gabe Vincent shoot twenty uh, two points on six for eight three point shooting, and we but we always saw Gabe Vincent play strong defense. That's mm-hmm. true. 
I mean, jo- Josh does that too. Josh, jo- j- well, he did when he was here. When he was here, yeah. He did, and it's it's not been as good. I mean, I, I don't – all of his numbers are, are, are really down in Dallas. His no, block are. rate is, is just all the way down. He's not able to really get at the ball. He's not stealing the ball at any kind of efficient rate. He's not really grabbing offensive rebounds like he was in Miami. He's not – like the, the only thing he's kind of doing is every now and again he gets the ball on a on a free throw like he's rebounding the ball on free throws okay as as a defender but outside of that i mean his look he shot an effective field goal percentage last year of 50 percent that's really bad as as not great all right tony let, let me propose a theory here mm-hmm. he went from miami the the the, the beaches the everything and now he has to go to Philly to deal with Ben Simmons and Brett Brown and uh, Al Horford, Joel Embiid front court, like whatever that was. Oh, I like Al Horford, but maybe not as the power forward next to Joel Embiid. But he's got to deal with that in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, not to trash your city, but come on, it's Philadelphia. And then, as if it's an upgrade, he's going to Dallas, where he has to deal with that organization. And, and I mean, those types of players, and, I mean... All I'm saying is, I have Max Struess on a way cheaper deal at two years younger. It sounds shooter. like Josh he's only, Wait, he's two years younger? That's it? Yeah, Josh is like 27, 28. Max is 25. Josh could could use some Miami flu right now. I I will say, um, on the subject of Josh, um, it's been pretty clear since he left Miami that he's not been happy in the other places. Philly especially, like – when if, things if, got bad for that team, like he was very vocal about. If you're telling me he's coming back to Miami and he's replicating the numbers he had in Miami, I don't think this is a question. I think he's a great value add. He's ten million dollars. Um, it, it's it's not. It, he's right outside of that MLE range, so I don't think he's somebody we're going to grab. But it, you know. We spent ten million dollars on Myers. I'll spend ten million dollars on Josh. That's no problem. Ooh. Who's well, we know they like him. Than, we know they like him, Tony. Like we know they they, they that they like him. They I didn't do. Someone but else was how, how, far, that much. how far down the hole do we have to be to spend ten million dollars in a product that we don't know what it is? Like how? That's fair. We, like we have guys in the roster who we feel can replicate that kind of offense. But to to Luke's credit, when he's here, when he was here. Both of those things were doing really well. He was scoring the ball and defending and occasionally passing inbounds sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I won. Um, also, good locker room fit is, is the other big plus there. because Yeah, he's, he, he is have high dog rating. High dog rating and him and him <laughs> are like best friends. I, I love seeing them go back and forth on social media. It might sometimes. be enough to bring back Dwayne Wade. <laughs> That, I don't think he, that hold, are... he doesn't hold that much dog coin. See, Dwayne wants to be an owner. 
He wants to be a majority owner, so I don't think he owns enough dog coin. Mm. He could be the owner of the starting shooting guard spot. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> if, if LeBron, if LeBron offered Dwayne some NFT or some coins, like I'm sure he might come back. But well, that's implying LeBron's LeBron is here, Tony. You know what you're doing. Yeah. I I mean, they're they're listen. Three years from now, when LeBron's only playing. 20 minutes a game and only scoring 16 points per game. I'm going to be hammering the LeBron to Miami. Finish so, it off. We need a great role player. He can pass. <laughs> so you're I'm saying so when so so what you're saying player. is when LeBron turns into like late New York OKC mellow, that's <laughs> when we should bring him here when we didn't bring mellow here. They can game on the they can game on the MLE. <laughs> I would adore, I would adore LeBron in the Carmelo role at Portland right now. Oh, man. On this team. Could you imagine Bam? And then the final piece, the final guy who gives us minutes off the bench is LeBron James. He'd have to wear the number 66. He'll wear whatever number. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I want you to think about it. De'Aaron he has Fox. to wear 15. How about that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> De'Aaron Fox, Bam Adebayo. And Malik Monk? Hey, Malik Monk has got to be on that. The big big three would be like De'Aaron Fox, Bam Adebayo, and Christian Wood. And then, like, the last piece is LeBron James. Is this this, (laughs) – so I have to ask, is this your dream team or is this, like – based off – No, this is me slightly intoxicated thinking about – what guys would be available after Jimmy's contract is done. Mm, okay. And it, and us, you know, like if, if Jimmy doesn't resign here, yeah. What guys will be available around that time? And it would be De'Aaron Fox trying to get out of Sacramento heavy. Mm. And, and that's probably where Jimmy would go to get that piece. Oh, man. Um, and I don't want to do be- that to him. <laughs> That's now not my fair. Only question is, is, is at some point it's business. Is role player LeBron like a Celtics Bill Walton thing or more of a uh, Celtics Bill Walton? Too, really Celtics Bill Walton is is too high. I think for what what the age we're talking about LeBron being at, that's too much. I think we're more talking about maybe like. Oh. Man, what are we talking about What's here? A, I think we're talking about think. Alonzo on the Heat. Oh, man. <laughs> 06, 06 Zoe, who was almost an all-star because the, the big men in the East were awful that year. Bro, I don't think there's a version of LeBron James that can't be in that conversation. That's fair. Like, I don't care how old he gets. There's just – that guy's going to be able to pass, shoot, and be physical. Like, he's going to be able to do those things. Man, he won't be able to pass if he breaks his hand. And, he, he, and by breaks his hand, I mean breaks like a nail on his ring finger. <laughs> uh, well, listen, if, if LeBron is the last – if LeBron James is coming off the bench for this team, we're going to need more fingers for all these rings we're going to be winning. All right. Well, thankfully, we got Tony here to turn hoop ball heat into hate ball heat. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's solid. Hoop ball um, hate, I don't know. Yeah, we've completely derailed, but I feel like we're better when that happens. <laughs> um, 
So I guess really quickly, Tony, if you could have one guard on this team next season who isn't already here, who would it be? Kyle Lowry. In a vacuum, Kyle Lowry. Okay. I no longer believe that we are operating in a vacuum, though. Mm. I I no longer believe that he have the option to just kind of go after who they want. And I think that's why you're seeing the Colin Sexton uh, push right now. I think there's some circumstances that are pushing them in in the direction of Colin Sexton. Is Sexton the most realistic, realistic option, in your opinion? No, I think Kyle Lowry is probably the most realistic option. As okay. far as, like, what, what we could get um, in, in the most – like, this per, as far as percentages go, I think we could get Kyle Lowry easier mm-hmm. because there's so many ways we can sign him. We could sign him sign and trade. We could sign him salary. There's so many ways we could get him. But I think that the Heat are starting to envision a path, and it might – require some of the salary that Kyle Lowry doesn't have. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, who knows? Uh, yeah. Honestly, who knows? Going to be fun. I would love – Lowry's my guy, though. I-, I want Lowry every day. If Lowry isn't on this team, I'm a, I'm a Suns fan. I'm just going to like, excommunicate myself from the heat. Um, yeah, I'll join These finals have not been as bad as everyone's saying, right? Like, I'm not crazy. No, I, I honest to God have not seen people say that these finals are bad besides been, like Royal, but Royal really doesn't like CP3. So that's mostly that. I've been so watching I mean, like, a lot of Metal Arc cool. stuff. Mike Ryan is very upset. I, I, <laughs> I thought these finals have been just, just fine. That last game was amazing. So good. Um, the, the blowouts suck, but there's three quarters of good basketball that yeah. are happening. Because these teams are super even for the most part. Yeah, it's it, well. This is when the series starts, man. They, both teams have felt each other out, and they've made adjustments. Now it's now it's about adjustments to the adjustments. Like for instance, Bobby Portis ain't hitting the floor no more. Really? No more. They yeah. if you if you paid attention, they pick and roll. They put Bobby Portis in a fucking blender. Oh, they they pick and they pick and rolled him to death. Devin Booker got him. Chris Paul got him. Game game one especially, yeah, they dude, it, they have nothing. The Suns don't even need to set up their offense. They just get a pick and roll going in Bobby's direction. They, they have a good shot. To tie this back to Miami, I thought game one of this series, the Bucks looked like the Heat, like a lot. I think they, they were good. They were. <laughs> they they couldn't hit open shots. They weren't going to the rim, like and and. Biggest of all, most noticeably, I guess, defensively, they were soft switching everything. Yeah. But where when the Heat do it, or but where, when the Heat do it, the bad part is that the guard is in the mismatch. When the Bucks did it, it was Bobby Portis instead of Bam. So that is like, yeah. But the difference is the Bucks are huge. They are and and physical. Yeah, everywhere and yeah. and we're not, and that's why it looks so much worse on us. And I. I, I a couple things I'll tell you about the Bucks too. Um, Drew Holiday's shooting woes are very overplayed. Uh, he was it, four for twenty last night. He, man. he shouldn't be taking as many shots. No, don't get me wrong. No, uh, he still finished that game with plus eight. Hit yeah, like his, no. his his impact is undeniable on the series. He's been magnificent. He's also been magnificent everywhere else except for shooting. 
Uh, he's yeah. hitting his free throws. He's getting to the line. Um, he, he's been good in all the ways that are not shooting the basketball. And they are getting Chris Middleton involved earlier in the shot clock. So that's a yes. whole new dynamic for them. Yeah. Uh, we can right, talk about so, this forever, but yeah. I, think, I think now's a good time to wrap up before my Zoom meeting ends. So one more question, Tony. Um, this series has gone two and two. Will an away team win another win a game this series? Say what? Well, what? What happened now? <laughs> is an away team? Will the series ever start? Is an away team gonna win? No. No. Suns and seven. Suns and seven. I think Suns and seven because I think the next adjust. I think for the Suns. They are going to get Aiton off of Giannis, even though he's defended him well. I think they want Aiton coming to Giannis on help yes. to disrupt that more. Way better role for him. It keeps him uh, out of foul trouble. And, and it gives Giannis more points. Now, you're going to see Giannis probably score 40 on that kind of thing. But it stops Chris Middleton. And you saw what happened when Chris Middleton scores 40 points. I think they're more willing to let Giannis – dive at the rim for four quarters and just see how that goes than letting Chris Middleton get hot shooting the ball because he can end your existence. And I, I think that leads to the Suns being in a good position. And then I see Milwaukee adjusting to that and playing desperately. And then the Suns closing them out. Yeah. I think um, biggest adjustment, Aiton and held position um, I think it kind of negates the offensive rebounding problem in, in yeah, some agreed. respects. Agreed. Like, P.J. Tucker has been a madman on the boards because he keeps getting Chris Paul guarding him. And, like, yep. you know, Tucker's not an amazing offensive threat, but, like, he's strong, and he can I tweeted, grab those. I tweeted P.J. Tucker entered the fourth quarter with four fouls and no points and played by himself as the only big – for five minutes, finished the game with only five fouls and no points. That is both equally impressive and confusing as hell. It's, Absolutely. That's kind of, yeah. I mean, P.J. Tucker, he's something. Like, credit to him. He's been, like, really good when he needs to be in the series. Um, that's that's it. That is useless analysis. What I just said there, but that doesn't matter. Um, I think it's about time we wrap this up. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening to this. Um, we got a little off track, but once again, I think we're better when we do that. Um, Luke, where can the people find you? Find me on Twitter at Luke Josh Webb. Uh, find my YouTube channel at Luke Weber Cancer Activist. Um, and catch me on Spotify Green Room and at Halftime App. I'm there often doing uh, watch parties, doing all sorts of stuff with the 24-hour media community. Uh, so, yeah, check that stuff out. Tony, where can the people find you? You can find me at Tony Schwartz NBA, T-O-N-Y-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z, NBA. Um all my content's pretty much on Twitter. I have links to everything in my bios there. And yeah. Awesome. Thank you again for joining us, by the way. Uh, 
I am Ben. You can find me at Twitter at KarmicBead7193, K-A-R-M-I-C-B-E-A-D-7193. Uh, Instagram, same thing. Uh, Luke, you got something? Yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you so much to Tony for joining us abruptly, but still contributing great content and great takes. Um, thank you for listening to this episode, and uh, be sure to catch the next one wherever you get your podcasts. This has been Hoopball Heat. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.